today on the show, we're talking about budgeting. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name is Courtney, I'm your host, and today I'm joined with my co-host Trevor, and we're diving into our two-part series of budgeting. Yeah, so budgeting is far, far and away my favorite topic of personal finance, but today's show is about why, the why of budgeting, you know, why is it important? And I just love, so if you break problems down into two, you've got your, your, your how-tos, which I think in life are generally easily solved, and the, why, the why-tos, I like to call them. And the why-tos, they're generally harder to solve. You really need to get look deep in, in your own, in the mirror, and say, you know, why am I doing this? Why is this important? So whenever we tackle, so we're doing two-part episodes. Whenever we do a two-part episode, we do the why-to first, because if I can convince you why this is important, I think convincing, showing you how to do it and the work that's going to be involved in how is easier to sell that to somebody if, if you can convince them why they're doing it first. So would you say, when you are looking at the why-to and the how-to, would you say that, I mean, I already have an answer to this question. I'm going to ask you, would you say that the focus in general and in, in kind of the society standpoint is always around the how? And which app to use, how to go about doing it, when the best time to look at your budget is. Well, if you go to solve, look to solve a problem, and often you go to Google or YouTube is a great place to, to how to solve a problem. There is no shortage of hows, and that's because the how is so easy. But once people see, oh, this is how you fix this problem, once they see how complicated or how much effort is required, a lot of times they'll just say, ah, that's too hard. I'm not going to bother with it. And But if you get to the underlying why you're doing it and you don't lose sight of that, I think the how doesn't look near as daunting, as near as near as insurmountable if, if you have a really good why you're doing it. I, I have this thing I've used on the podcast before. If you have a big enough why, the how is really easy. And would you say, if, if, we, if we are kind of contrasting the whys and the hows, would you say that the whys are a little bit more personal, that you kind of have to reflect, do some more inner reflection? And when it comes to personal finance, sometimes that inner reflection can kind of it can be hard. It can be challenging because it's this very sensitive, vulnerable place that we have to kind of examine about ourselves. Well, in a macro level, I think the whys are pretty universal for people. So we're talking about budgeting today. So why you budget is pretty universal in that you, I'm going to say you want financial independence or you want to be financially secure or you want financial certainty. Those macro whys are pretty universal for everybody. But you get into the micro whys, and, and those might be very unique. You know, you might be in a, a soul-crushing job that you, you, you're just desperate to get out of. Or you may have a passion you want to chase, but you, you have all these financial obligations and you can't. Those are the micros that, that are going to be unique to everybody. But if you can uncover the macro whys, a lot of times that, that opens the door for in, individuals to see their micro whys. I like that the micro and the macro. That's that's a, a, a really because if you think you've you kind of uncovered your whys, you and it's it was easy. Maybe the process was easy. Maybe it's just because you were looking at the the high level ones and you hadn't had the opportunity to really examine down deeper. I love that. And and Trevor, I guess my next question is: we we dedicate 
I mean, we spend every year we revisit this subject. Has is there some revolutionary change in the way that you budget and why you should budget and how you should budget each year? Why why is this a subject we keep coming back to? Well, I, I think it's to put some normalcy around it. I, I think it's, I'm going to say it, it could be like a diet. And I hate the word diet, but it, it could be in a diet in that people will accomplish some goals in life, some financial goals. And then they'll they'll say, okay, I don't need to budget anymore. I can put this budget aside and go on living life. And I, I think this episode is to come and remind those people that no, this isn't a temporary thing. This isn't a a, a short-term solution to a, a short-term problem. This is a, a lifelong journey. And I, I just, I mean, if it's to put some normalcy around the concept of budgeting. And it's, if you're surrounded by people every day who don't use budgets and have no financial, who appear to have no financial restrictions in their life, then you start to think, well, maybe I'm I'm weird and I'm different. So this is once a year to put some normalcy around the concept of budgeting. So, my next question, I mean, we, we have we have an incredible uh, number of lists coming your way for our listeners, but before we even dive into those lists, how important would you say budgeting is as a concept? Is, is this the make or break it? If you can't get budgeting right, are you, are you doomed to fail? How, how much emphasis should we put on making sure we can budget? Well, I, I think this is the utopia of personal finance. If you can't master budgeting, if you can't figure this out and develop this discipline, then all your financial goals, you're just wasting your time developing them and, and thinking about them and, and strategizing about them because without a a process to manage your inflows and outflows of money, everything else doesn't matter. So we did an episode on used cars. There's no sense even talking about used cars. <laughs> Ironically, we did this in, in, a, in a bad order. We did used cars last week or a couple of weeks ago, but there's no sense even talking about used cars or last week's show wants versus needs. If you can't even accumulate wealth, if you can't accumulate money in, in, in some orderly fashion, then everything else doesn't matter. I mean, you're just, you're pretending at that point. But Trevor, if, if, if I'm listening to this and I've survived X number of years without a budget, I mean, I'm, I should be doing okay, right? I don't, I don't, I don't really need one. So if you have, it, just say you're like 50 years old and you've never budgeted in your life ever, there's only two ways you have survived this long. One is you have been a, a, a frequent user of credit to bridge those peaks and valleys in your spending patterns, or you've lived an extremely conservative lifestyle, which would mean you've missed a ton of opportunities in reaching your financial goals. So uh, that's 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 how you get there. Just the one of the two options. I can't think of another way you could get to. Uh, I'm using age fifty just as a plateau, and never had used a budget in your life. You, you will have missed. I think for most people, you would have done both. You would have used. You would have been a frequent user of credit, and there's a cost to that, right? There's interest, and you're introducing risk into your life every time you borrow money. And then there's lost opportunity, and the lost opportunity could be. You you had no idea how much money you had to spend. So you if you were really conservative, maybe you didn't buy that that house of your dreams because you didn't know if you could or couldn't afford it because you really had no idea of what your your cash inflows and outflows were. So so what you're saying from this is that budgeting really isn't optional. It's it's kind of a mandatory necessity in order to to thrive financially. Well, without it, I. I I, you're just you're you're living a life of guesses, right? You're just guessing that you 
just say you wanted to, just say you're a young person and you want to upgrade your apartment. Say you're renting an apartment and you're just kind of maybe not the nicest end of town and you want to up your game. You want, you want a nicer place to live. Well, if you don't have a budget, if you, if you don't know your inflows and outflows of money, you're just guessing that you can actually afford that. You, you're, you just think, well, I, I did get some raises last year, so I must, ha- I must have some extra money in my budget. I'm just guessing. And I haven't been using overdraft or credit in my bank account. Of course, if you don't do a budget, you might not even know that. But you're just speculating that things seem to be going okay, so there must be some extra money floating around somewhere. That's the mindset you, you would have to be in if you didn't have a documented budget to plan out your spending. So I, I know we're not talking about the hows of budgeting this week, but can you give us maybe kind of a high-level overview of what the hows look like, just so we can kind of understand the whys? So it's important to understand, because if we talk about the whys, they won't make sense if you don't understand my definition of budgeting. So budgeting, it's a pretty vague term in our society, in personal finance. Budgeting, it can mean a bunch of things, but at a very high level, this is what budgeting means to me. There's kind of three phases to budgeting. So you've got tracking your income and expenses. And this is kind of finding a tool, I'll say a smartphone app or a program or even a spreadsheet. And the secondly is developing the skills in the discipline to track your income and expenses. So that that's number one, very high level. Next week, we're going to get into the, the nitty gritty of that. And then the second sort of phase of it would be setting spending parameters so once you've tracked your income and expenses, now, now you start to set parameters. You can't begin to set parameters if you don't even know, for instance, how much your utility expenses are every month. There's no sense setting a budget for $50 a month for utilities when they're actually $200, right? So you, you can't, so you need some sort of historical tracking. So, so two would be set parameters, meaningful, reasonable parameters, spending parameters. And this is where why I'm budgeting becomes really important because if you set a really tight spending parameter and it makes you miserable and you don't have a really good why 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 I've set this really stringent entertainment budget if you don't know why then you're just gonna throw that out the window and just move on and then the third one this is probably the most important this is when budgeting really pays off is you use that information to project future income and expenses and this is where you start to devise financial life plans you know the direction you want to go in so so track, tracking your income and expenses is one. Number two is setting spending parameters. And number three is projecting future income and expenses. And so to me, very high level, that is budgeting. And understanding that's important to, to really emphasize the why budgeting is important. I, I have so many questions for that, but I'm going to save all the hows for later. I'm not going to ask anything because that's all going to be next week's show. Um, but, but all of that makes me want to dive into today's actual content. And I kind of want to lead it off. I think it's a perfect space to lead it off with um, the myths around budgeting. Because I, already I know some of our listeners and myself even, I'm kind of rhyming off these these reasons why I don't need a budget or why budgets aren't really that necessary and, and kind of why, why budgets are not necessarily a good thing. So um, you've kind of provided a few already. Um, I do have a kind of few more floating around in my head that I'll throw out as well, but um, I actually want to start off, we'll start off with uh, the, the first one here. So budgets are for uh, people who don't make a lot of money. I have a theory that, so everyone should have a budget, but the more money you make, the more wealth you have, 
the more important a budget is. So you would think the more wealth I have, well, there's that's that's padding my my insulating me from life. So I don't need to be as deliberate about managing my money. But I think the stakes get really high. The more money you earn or make, the more wealth you have, the stakes are higher. So budgeting becomes more important. Making sure your money is doing what you want it to do becomes mission critical. And the more wealth you have, the more opportunity for mistake you make. Somebody who has a, a, a minimum wage income, their chances of, of messing up their money is almost zero because every dollar is is almost accounted for in just survival. So the chances of them screwing up and making mistakes with their money that, that's going to affect them long term is is almost nil. But the person making a hundred grand a year, the chances of them screwing up their, their finances and looking back in life with regret is huge. So the more wealth you have, the more important a budget is. See, I, I think this point might be, I mean, all the myths we have listed here are super um, important to touch on, but I really like this first myth just because I think, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's common or maybe more common than we think that that individuals will live by by kind of just excess. And and I think I think you can kind of trick yourself into believing that you are okay, that you kind of have everything under control, that you don't really need, like you said, a budget because there's just kind of there's enough. You're good. I can buy things when I want to, and and I think that can be a very dangerous space to be in. Well, you know, living a life through excess is. It, just say you're a really conservative person. And you have a really, uh, you earn a lot of money, so you're insulated from life, and you you don't run the risk of of overspending just because you're a really conservative person what you'll have missed is so many opportunities in life so many financial opportunities to build even more wealth so that's kind of where it falls down by budgets are are important for everybody so i mean my last point about that that first myth is that in 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 kind of in conclusion of that first myth there's nothing there's no, in general, if you're looking at someone who is very conservative, that person, you're probably not worrying about them maybe losing their mind if, if they're naturally very conservative with their money. You're worried, again, about missing out on the opportunity that that the that their finances would allow them to, to kind of enjoy or achieve. Yes, and, and the, the person who's really conservative, budgeting will become really easy to them, right? That the, the conservative person, budgeting is not a, a struggle, is not a constant, you know, awareness they're trying to create. So uh, that's the only advantage a conservative-minded person would have who earns a lot of money is is budgeting would be easy. Ooh, okay, this leads me to my next myth. And it's not one that you've already put here, but I'm going to put like a, I'm going to kind of insert a number two here instead. And and it kind of jumps off that. So um, the second myth is uh, budgets aren't for me. I'm not of the budgeting mindset. Well, unfortunately, this is not optional. This is not one you can, you know, you, you can't opt out of this and succeed financially in life. You you will never reach, oh, actually never is a bit strong, but you're not likely to reach financial independence early in life, which I hope everyone listening to this podcast has that goal because that's our tagline. You're not likely to get there without a budget. So I don't think this is optional. This isn't, this isn't something you can opt. So you could opt out of used cars, right? You could say, I'm not a used car person. I'm a car guy. I need a new car. And you could still get to early financial independence. You'll just need to make sacrifices other places in your life. But you you cannot opt out of budgeting and get there. It is, 
I'm going to, impossible is a strong word, but I'm going to say it's, it's pretty close to impossible. Wow. So, so, so what you're saying and, and kind of what you said, number one, is that some individuals' minds maybe work are able to kind of budget a little bit better, kind of work through that process, maybe a little bit, uh, maybe faster, quicker than, than, than other individuals. I'm just, I, for instance, I, I don't excel at math. I am, I'm, I'm really, I, I, can't, I literally can't add or subtract without a calculator to save my life, but that doesn't mean that I won't have a fantastic budget. No, no, no. I think this, this is all about, uh, the person who lives a, a very conservative lifestyle probably has a lot of self-discipline. So this isn't about math. This is about behavior. So budgeting will come to easier to people who have a very conservative behavior, meaning they're not, they're not quick to pull the trigger on a purchase. So, so budgeting will be easier for that person just behaviorally. But, you know, back to your point about budgets are not for me. Just say you worked until you were 65 because you didn't know whether you could financially afford to retire earlier. And just say you got to the end of your life and you had this huge pot of money and great for your people, for your dependents who are going to inherit it. But you will have, you know, if you look back and did some math, you think, wow, I could have retired at, at 55, but I worked till I was 65. I spent 10 years grinding out a soul sucking job because I didn't, utilize financial planning skills no and and that kind of that that really sheds light on kind of the opportunity lost um but but back to back to my my myth though so i i like you brought up kind of character like someone's character i'm gonna say math is not an an issue on on budgeting like you you, so you mentioned if you're not a numbers person this isn't about numbers. This the math required to do this is adding and subtracting, maybe a little bit of division. But I'm saying do it all inside a spreadsheet, so you don't even need a calculator. But but you and and, and to the people who don't have spreadsheet skills, just say, oh, I don't do spreadsheets. That's a good skill to learn in life. It, it, it's it's it, to me, it's like a home improvement skill. There some of them you don't like, but it's it's a skill worth developing, and you don't need magical spreadsheet skills like accountants have but just the basic you know sum add subtract those are easy to figure out you watch a couple youtube videos and you'll, you'll have it down in no but time. to your point though i like how you brought up about personality and characteristics so depending maybe if you're an introvert or an extrovert you're going to spend your money a little bit differently just because of maybe the natural activities you inherently gravitate towards um so i, th- I think i think there are I, I I do stand firmly that budgeting will come easier um, per se to to different individuals just depending on on who the individual is. So here I can give you an example. I have three kids, and two of them are extreme opposites. Meaning one is super conservative and one is sort of very outgoing and and sort of lives life in the moment. And both of them have a spending problem in my mind. Both of them do. One is living life maybe too frugally, more frugally than, than, than required. And I'm concerned may look back with some regret. And another one who is living maybe a little bit too much in the moment and may come to regret that. So I see these two extremes and I know a documented budget would open their eyes to see, you know, to see it on paper or on a computer screen to see how their financial life is, is unfolding and maybe they would make some some adjustments. You know, if if they could see how this path projects out two or three years, 
and you know how this is unsustainable or you know this just doesn't lead you anywhere if if you could open their eyes to see that i think i think it would change their behavior and maybe they they might not look back with regret so trevor your second myth that you have there so we we kind of did one at like a one 1.5 as my kind of interjected um myth but your actual second myth listed here and i absolutely love this one this one is probably my favorite of this list and uh, the second myth is budgets are restrictive. I love this. I love this point. So this couldn't be further from the truth. So budgets are, are anything but restrictive. So just say you have an appetite for Bluetooth earbuds. Just, just say. <laughs> or so, Just say. Or just say you want the latest iPhone every year. Just say that's your thing. You want, whenever that phone comes out, I, I'm not judging you today. That's your thing you want. You're getting in line and you're buying that phone. Well, what a budget does is it allows you to put all the money that you want or you can into the thing you value the most. So once you've covered all your survival expenses in life, so your budget, obviously, you're not going to put much ahead of rent, food, utilities, right? Those transportation, you can't really put much ahead of those expenses in life, right? Because those are kind of required. So once you've got all those figured out in your budget and they're all categorized then whatever's left over you get to put that into whatever's important to you just the only difference is now you know you know that you can afford or this is what i have to do this this is the money i have to put aside to get that latest phone or or whatever it is i want to buy so budgets are the opposite of restrictive it it, it gives you the ability to to funnel all the money you want you can not want can into the thing you love the most. So for me, I want early financial independence. So having a budget all these years of my life has enabled me to funnel all the extra money I have into that venture. So it's the opposite of restrictive. This is, it allows you to do the things you want to do in life. But Trevor, when I look at the grocery section of my budget or when I look at the the other you name it category of my budget it says i can only spend this amount of dollars i mean that sounds like that sounds limiting well so if you have a, a limiting food budget just say you've you've put a, a spending limit in then that means you're valuing that ahead of something else See, there's nothing to stop you from changing that you, you obviously can't lower your food budget to the point that you're starving but you could decrease that as much as you want, like it, it, it's your budget, you're you're free to adjust it. However, at the end of the day, the math has to work. The income has to be greater than the expense. That's the only rule in budgeting. And I think that right there is a point I'm really excited to unpack in next week's episode of the How to Budget is is, is how we can go about um, making those adjustments and and making those kind of the small little changes that 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 allows our budget to truly flourish. Like in, in, in budgeting, there is almost no math skills required. I mean, this, there, it is 100% behavior driven. So the, the math involved in budgeting, you learned in grade six, you know, that, that, that's it. If you got past grade six, you've got all the math skills you need to budget. And, and, and I think that that point right there is true with, with everything personal finance related. 
I, I know, for instance, like I said, I'm not great at math. So sometimes I have trouble kind of conceptualizing um, numbers if they're kind of spoken to me. I have to kind of write them down. I can really conceptualize them and think them through a little, a few seconds longer than maybe someone who excels at kind of processing numbers. So I, but to your point, Trevor, it's, it's, it's not, it is not, it's not math based at all. Um, I want to jump on to the third of four budgeting myths that you have um, presented here. And number three is that budgets are temporary. This one kind of reminds me of, of kind of like the dieting, um, like kind of the dieting uh, mentality as well for if you're kind of going on a trip or if you're doing something that the kind of temporary mentality. Yeah. And I, I think a diet is a great analogy for this because if you if you go on a diet and just say you it's successful and you lose 30 pounds and then you go back to the way you're eating before, well, you don't need to be a dietitian or have a doctrine in, in nutrition to figure out what's going to happen, right? You're going you're gonna to revert back to exactly where you were before. So I, there's this concept out there, and I've read this in a couple of places, and I think it's so mind-blowing. So this kind of speaks to what, how budgeting is important to society. So if you took all the money in the world, so every penny in the whole world, assuming it was in dollars, I know there's different currencies, but take all the wealth in the world, all the wealth, and you divide it equally by every single person. What is there, 7 billion people in the world something or something? Something like that. So you, yeah, so you took all the wealth in the world and you divide it equally among every single soul on the face of the earth. The theory is in 20 years, the money would end up back in the same hands it started in. So, the, and the reason is the people who, who were able to build wealth, they're not going to forget how to, how to build wealth. And the people who, who couldn't control themselves and couldn't manage money, they're not going to all of a sudden learn how. So that, that's the theory. And, and so if budgeting is a temporary thing for you, meaning you've gone on a budget, say you wanted to buy a house, so you went on this budget to save up a down payment. And then as soon as you got your down payment, you bought your house, you abandoned the budget. Well, the, I can't imagine you don't have any future or any other financial goals in your life. If you bought a house, I guarantee you, those things are money pits. You, you're going to need money for other things. Like you, you can't stop there. And, and the other thing, if, if you were to temporarily do that and achieve a goal of getting a down payment and buying a house, I would be so motivated. This, I'd say this thing works. Why would I stop, right? I have other goals. I'm going to use, leverage this to, to achieve other goals. So if you do temporary budgeting, then you're going to have temporary financial success in life. And I liked, I liked how you used, uh, I went on a budget. I, I kind of, I just, I just got, I got on a budget, almost like a diet. You just, you just took, took on the budget thing and no, I, you're right. It's, it's definitely something that needs to be incorporated into your life. And when you're talking about that, that kind of point right there, it, it kind of, it was, I was just like, wow, like it, this is, it, this is something it kind of hit the, the res, it resonated how how kind of this was a lifelong thing that you take on, that you embark in and engage in. And, and that really, again, is what this episode is about. I mean, the whys of, of why you would even want to to maintain the budget, how to make that budget something that you, you look forward to to kind of engaging with. Well, when we do the how-to budget, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look like, and it is, it's a lot of effort. This is a, a big time slot in your, your daily life that you're, or weekly or monthly life that you're going to have to carve out. This won't be easy by any stretch. This is going to require a lot of effort. This won't do itself. In fact, 
you're going to learn next week how I'm against automation. Automation is your enemy when it comes to budgeting. So the the why we budget is is if you if you if you don't buy into why budgeting is so important. When I describe how to budget, you're going to say I'm a, you know, <laughs> I, I, there, there's no way I'm doing that. That, that, that. that I can't justify that. Well, I'm hoping this why will help you justify the effort it's going to require to create and manage a meaningful budget. So before we jump on to why budgeting is important, uh, your final budgeting myth is budgets are one size fits all. So this couldn't be further from the truth. So if you know somebody that's got a budget and just say they, you know, we talked about you know, what's a reasonable amount to spend on a, on a car in terms of how it fits in your budget. So I said, you know, a, the maximum you should borrow money for for a car is three years. And that's based on, you still don't know how much to borrow or how much to pay for a car, but you figure out what the car payment is and, and does that fit into your budget? Well, that's going to be different for everybody. And the other thing is if you take two people who work at the exact same job earn the exact same pay, the chances of their expense side of their uh, personal finance life being the same is very remote. So, And then if you have two people that live next door in the exact same house, have the exact same number of kids, drive the exact same car, but they work at two different jobs. So you can see where the chances of the income side of your life and the expense side of your life being the same as anybody else in the whole world is so remote that I, I don't think one size fits all in a budget. But also... Your budget is going to evolve over time. In fact, I'm going to say it's going to evolve every three to five years. So there's going to be things in your budget five years ago that won't be in your budget today, or they will have be a bigger or smaller percentage of your expenses today than they were five years ago. In fact, when we talk about how to budget, one of the things in budget is using historical data to project futures. And I'm going to say I only use three years of historical data in my in my projections because any older than that, it becomes meaningless. It really, it, it's not a reflection of where I'm going in the future. So three to five years of, of your budget should evolve, I'm going to say dramatically. For, for it, just say you, you you had a budget five years ago and, all the, and then today you have a family of four and your five years ago it was just you and a, and a spouse. So that's an example of how budgets evolve. Maybe you 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 rented an apartment five years later you own a house so they're just it, it's one size fits all is a myth for different people and one size fits all for a, a person over over their lifetime is a myth so what i'm hearing is that budgets are the farthest thing from set it and forget it they are they're this this thing that constantly needs attention yeah they're they're they should be anything but static and again if your why is not big enough when you when you look at how to do this, you might say, "Oh, I don't know if I'm signing up for that." So, but trust me, it is worth the effort. So, I do want to now talk about your five whys of budgeting and what makes budgeting so important. But before, right before we dive into that, um, we I know we talk about this all the time. We kind of glaze over it here and there. But how just just quickly, how can we develop these whys to make budgeting, um important i mean what, what what can we kind of if we're sitting here thinking um okay i budgeting sounds cool budgeting sounds great i want to get into it but how what, what mindset can i go into the rest of this episode with it that with that why i would just say wanting control of your life so if you if you want and and 
life isn't all about money, but money is, I call it the lubricant of life. So not enough money in your life. And, and it is a grind. It's really hard. And if you have too much money, and when I say too much money, when you have money that has, has no direction, it's just this, you're just flush with money, then you end up with just life that just is just going in whims and whimsical ways. There's no direction to it. So budgeting, it gives you the right amount of lubricant for life. So you don't want life to be a grind, but you, you don't want life to have no direction. So I think if you can get in that mindset, having just the right enough lubricant in life to, to make it comfortable, I think if that to me is why budgeting is so important. I I love that that part that you said about how when we have too much wealth that it it doesn't we necessarily might not always have direction is that that is incredible that point because it, it, with with the budget we kind of are afraid to kind of do something with that money we're afraid to use it we're kind of just leave it there in fear and fear that we're going to need it and fear that um if if we do use it in some way that it's it's not going to be there if we need it so that 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 kind of that point is is it, it kind of keeps you powerless it keeps you your money kind of controlling what you do so uh, Trevor let's jump into your five whys of budgeting and what makes budgeting important so your first why is um why budgeting is important is that it provides a roadmap with directions to your goals so this is probably the biggest payoff to budgeting is is it gives your life a direction. So we all have these plateaus in life. Maybe not they're not the same for everybody, but you know, you kind of you get your first job, you you get married, you buy a house, you have a family, you build some wealth, you retire early hopefully, and you live a comfortable life. Well, not having a budget or not not having a direction. Now I, I say life's not a straight line you're going to have these little things that pull you off your plan and, and that's okay. Those are opportunities, not, not problems, but you need a general direction to be heading in. And if your money is not being funneled into the right things at the right time, then your direction, you, you either, your progress slows and, and you don't, you don't sort of move at the, the speed you were hoping or you just never get there. You, you get you get pulled off and, and you end up down a rabbit hole of spending that you weren't planning on and it, it, you end up somewhere you, you don't want to be. So I think having a budget, and when I say it's a roadmap, again, we're going to describe it next week, but I spend a great deal of time projecting future income and expenses into the future to see how much money is left over every month, every year, and, and, and then what am I going to do with that money? Because that's that's the key to budgeting. What am I doing with my excess? Am I doing, is it going to my long-term goals? And I think bud, without budgeting, you're just guessing. So, and, and, and hearing you say that, it, it means that we put a lot of, of trust into our budget, into, the, into how we go about making and organizing it and, and looking at it and it really, it's, it's almost, it kind of reminds me of kind of this life jacket that you put on that, that keeps you, keeps you afloat, keeps you going, keeps you kind of going in the right path. Well, you mentioned trust. So you want to trust your budgeting process is, is set a short-term goal that your budget's going to help you accomplish. And when you reach that goal and, and you, you check that box, you will develop more confidence in your budget that, that it's going to div- deliver your long-term goals as well. 
And and what do you say if I mean you have we have this this list of why budgeting is important is is five five points long, but is point number one this provides a roadmap? If you don't get this one right, are you going to succeed with with the other the other kind of understanding the other whys? I, I think so. These aren't in no particular order, but the roadmap is really the the long term payoff. And you this probably should have been point number five because you won't really uh, reap the rewards of 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 using the long term planning aspect of budgeting until you've sort of reached financial independence. It, 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 you will you will have not reap the rewards of, of those efforts until the end. So uh, let's move on to number two. Number two of why budgeting is important is budgets pr- identifies problems before they occur. So so what do you what do you mean by this point? So this is where just say you you had a you're looking at your budget from month to month, and again when we describe how to budget. So I I mentioned in a high level explanation of a budget, one of the aspects is projecting future income and expenses. So when I do that projection of future income and expenses, I, I'll just give you a high level of how my budget looks. So I have this spreadsheet. So I, I all of our bookkeeping's done in, an, in a smartphone app, which we're going to talk about next week. I take those numbers and I plug them into a spreadsheet. And that sounds like effort, but trust me, it's worth it. And what I do is I have one historical year, I have the current year, and I have the few, the next year. So I have three years laid out month by month in a spreadsheet. And I start with my cash balance at the beginning of, of each month, my income, my expenses, and then my ending cash balance. And so what this, what this budget could unfold, would identify, just say it's February, and I look at my budget and my, I see my cash balance goes negative in June. And maybe it's because I'm paying my property taxes or something. So I see, okay, negative cash balance in my checking account in June is a problem. I need to get funnel some money into that account long before then. And so I, I can identify cash shortfalls, right? So, or just say I have my budget income and expenses and, and I look at December and I, if it just say it's an expensive month for whatever reason, maybe all my insurances are due in December. And I look at it and I say, wow, I, I'm not going to have enough money in December. But you see, I'm, I'm not dealing with today. I'm not dealing with right now. I'm dealing, I, I'm, strategizing about months into the future and and strategizing how I'm going to tackle those problems rather than doing crisis management today. And trust me, crisis management is way more stressful than than financial planning three months out. So it, it, it is a, you can identify problems or just say you get laid off from your job and just say now you're down to one income. Well, then you, rather than wait until the bill collector shows up and saying, you know, you're, we're going to repossess your car, you can see what's the impact of one of us losing our jobs on my financial budget. What expenses do we have to cut like right away so we don't end up in the you know underwater or on something? So I think this becomes a a a tool to manage crises not today but in the future before they actually happen before they become a crisis. That's that's incredibly powerful. Just it puts all of the control back into your court and 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 I I think this point especially is is important because we sometimes feel that we don't have control over our income that some of our expenses aren't necessarily um, we have to pay taxes, we have to x y and z that we have to pay, but and, and and maybe we lose our job, it's because we got laid off. And, and so sometimes we can't always control 
um, things that happen, but but creating this budget and, and all these kind of fail safe um, fail safe plans that oh if I lose my job if 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 my if my partner loses their job what's going to happen it it kind of creates a sense of security and the sense of almost undefeatability that that whatever life throws your way that you can kind of make those changes and and account for them. Well, and if you can if you can see the problem before it occurs, you you become more powerful in your decision making. So. If, just say you don't have a budget and your spouse gets laid off and now you're down to 50% of your income and you don't know what expenses to cut, right? You just know that there's not enough money to go around. I don't like your chances of making sound decisions in a crisis. Like I, in, you know, in the heat of the moment, I, I like the chances of you making bad decisions rather than knowing, you know, if one of our incomes went away, here's what we would do. You know, and here, here's a here's a uh, disaster plan. If one of us were to get laid off, like everyone thinks a recession's coming. So uh, anyone who's got a documented budget, I would hope, and, and just say one of you has a more vulnerable employment than than the other. I, I would hope you you would be looking at your budget, saying, you know, so if one of us gets laid off, this is what we would do. And if the other person got laid off, you know, it might be maybe say one person earns more than another. It might change what you have to do. So I think, and you're just making decisions ahead of time. Like it's a plan. It's not a, it's not a reactive crisis management thing. So at what point though, do you kind of, kind of take your, I don't want to say your emotions out of it, but I mean, if, if, if I'm, if I'm an individual and kind of putting this all on paper and, and thinking about the worst case scenarios is something that kind of makes me a little anxious or, um, it, it makes me worried. I mean, how do you, how do you kind of frame this in a, in a, in a way that it, it still feels positive to you that this is, this is, is you just kind of keep that crisis management, um, in the back of your head that this, this can be positive for a future, uh, less positive scenario. Well, if you think of first responders, they go through training and they they train over and over for the same event and they do it so they, they don't have to stop and think in, in the moment of a crisis of what they're supposed to do. So if you have a budget and you, you do the strategizing that I'm describing, then in the heat of the moment when you lose in a job and there is a lot of emotion involved in, you know, in a job loss or a layoff, you're not using you're not making decisions with that emotion that emotion is the decision of what you're going to do in this crisis has already been determined so emotion will not cloud your judgment and it won't it won't move you in the wrong direction I, I like that. I like that. It, it, again, it speaks so, so incredibly well to, to how budgets are, are always in flux, are always moving, they are always being adjusted um, given your circumstances. So I, I want to talk to point number three about why budgeting is so important. And um, this point's one that you mention all the time, but it's, uh, it's, it's important to mention it. And it's budgets make you aware of where your money is going. The number of people, that you, so we, today with credit cards, we sign up for automatic payments on everything, right? There's a ton of things we sign up for automatic payments for. I think of Netflix. You put that on your credit card, it just comes out every month. Well, what budgeting does is it requires you to look at every expense. So next week we're going to talk about how to budget. And I'm not a fan of automation in any way in budgeting. So you can, I'm trying to think Mint is a program where you can sign up for and it automatically connects to your bank account. And it will 
bring transactions in automatically and I think you can automatically categorize them. So they'll just show up in, you know, uh, housing expense or utility costs or anywhere you want them to show up. They'll, they'll just, there's budgets that are so hands off that, that it, it just happens in the background. You don't even know it. So you, you just get this summarized thing where I spent this much money in entertainment. I spent this much money eating out. Well, I'm not a fan of that. I think you should handle, manually handle every single dollar you spend. And it's just a reminder. So here's what my wife does. So I subscribe to um, a sports streaming channel for, for um, it's TSN. Or sometimes it's Sportsnet. It depends on the time of year. And it's 20 bucks a month. And my wife will be going through with a credit card statement. And she'll say to me every time she goes, do you still want Sportsnet? And I say, um, you know what? I haven't watched that in a couple of weeks. So maybe not. Maybe I'll, I'll cancel it this month. So I'll, I'll do it right then and there on my phone. I'll cancel Sportsnet. So, but we're looking at every month. So it, once you sign up for, you know, these things that you do, these free trials, you just have to give your credit card number. You're, have you ever signed up for one of yes, those? Yes, yes. And the, those people, here's what they're playing on. They're playing on that you never look at your credit card statement in detail. You just pay the balance. You just look at one number, the number at the bottom, either minimum payment or the pay the whole balance. That's what they're hoping people do. And you signed up for this free trial. Now they're charging you every month for the service that you're, you, you, maybe you're using, probably you're not. So that is a, uh, that one is, it, it's so dangerous. And I think they make a comp- companies make a ton of money because they, they're counting on people not looking at their spe- expenses in detail. So it's important. And sometimes you get extra charges, like a, you know, a late charge, then you weren't late or a service charge of some kind. You got to handle every expense and why budgeting. It makes you aware of where your money's going and, and make sure you're happy with where your money's going. And, and then I go one step further. So we handle each expense separately in the bookkeeping aspect of our budget. And then I take those line items, those sort of, you know, uh, housing expense and groceries and entertainment and dining out. I take all those and I, I plug them into a spreadsheet, those summarized expenses. And so I get to look at those again and say, wow, we spent a lot on eating out last month. We, we, we got to stop doing that. So I, I have a second reflection of where my money's going. And, and if I'm not happy with it, you know, I'll say to my wife, I say, what did we spend? You know, where did we eat? Man? This is crazy. <laughs> and, and so we'll look back and say, wow, we're never going to eat there again. That, 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 that's too expensive. Or I might look at the fuel cost of my car and say, where have we been driving? Like this is getting out of hand. Just it's this reflection of where your money's going. And if you don't have this regular interval of reflecting on your spending, then why would you control it? Why you're not going to modify any behaviors doing this? And what I love too that is is, is I could look at maybe um, I consider internet a, a pretty mandatory for um, just living. It's kind of and it's I don't want to call it a necessity, but it's it's pretty much up there with kind of owning a cell phone, kind of the same necessity standpoint. But so for 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 one of me for one of my things is um, every month. So I, I don't automate to your point, Trevor. Um, the the payment of of my internet. Um, I, I go on to pay it every month. Technically, I could. It's the same amount every month. But I actually enjoy. It sounds kind of funny, but I enjoy going in, logging in. I'm I'm with Rogers, so I enjoy logging into Rogers and um, 
and kind of and 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 put, like typing in my credit card information to pay it each and every time because it, it, I I I don't because sometimes I'll lump pay off pay off my credit card so I kind of just notice that like I'll like I'll notice the charges but this way when I actually type in my credit card information to Rogers to pay it off. It, it kind of the amount just kind of it sets in right it, it gets that other opportunity to to evaluate and and every every month I'm just and and so at one point at one point I maybe I'll be like you know what and I have thought this before is there is there kind of a cheaper option I can go with and it, that it kind of reinforces every single month to your point Trevor how can I um how can I how can I adjust this how can I adjust this expense is, it, is this the price it really needs to be at well you raise a good point there so it, it, you reflect on it saying, is there a cheaper alternative? And I switched my whole family from TELUS as a cell phone provider to public mobile because I just, I got tired with the expense of, of, of that carrier. I just said this, there's got to be a cheaper way. And I, I was able to, and it was looking at that expense every month. And I'm thinking, this, I remember when I switched my, my cell phone and I, I say, well, this is the same price as a landline. And then it, it kept growing and growing and growing and it, soon it wasn't. And the same thing with an internet service. Now that you mentioned that, I I sought out a cheaper service. But in, in car insurance is another one. You, you If you keep looking at it and you you think, okay, there's got to be a... I need to revisit this and say, is there is there a less expensive option? So that that's a very good point. And I mean, again, and everything in your in your life probably can't happen at once. I mean, I I'm still yet to kind of go around and explore um, cheaper internet providers. But the fact that it's kind of something I keep tucked in the back of my head that you know what if I that I'm like subconsciously in the lookout for a cheaper option just just keeps me on my toes. And I think without that the, that ingenuity that that there something is kind of constantly reminding you that you know what and Courtney remember to kind of take a peek at other options and you never have that kind of that reminder there'd be there'd be no inspiration to kind of seek out alternatives and you know when we look at our budget there's expenses that just kind of bug us oh right? yeah but yeah internet's, internet's one and I think it's way more expensive than it and, and it bugs me it but bugs it, me because it's it's a necessity it's in a story i throw the word around necessity around very very uh loosely but it's one of those that you kind of like you admit to yourself you're like yeah i can't live without that it's internet so i think i love it when i look at an expense in my budget and we're recording it in our budget and i and i just i I hate that i have to pay this right like my property taxes where i live are just atrocious and i every time we pay them i just it, it grinds my gears but I I like that it does that. I like that it it creates some awareness. And I think, what kind of value am I getting for these property taxes? <laughs> so, but but that that reflection, you know, maybe that eventually drives me to move to another town, right? I get I get so tired of these property taxes. But you know, you're looking at your your expenses in the right light. If there's these ones that just drive you crazy that you have to pay every yep. month. And just kind of tick you off and, and kind of rev you the wrong way. No, I, that's a good point. And, and I, I like that the emphasis on, no, you don't have to go out and change it immediately if, if something bugs you, but keep note of, of how often it bugs you, if it bugs you. And then, and eventually, you know what, when you can't take any more, make that change. Um, speaking of change, I want to touch on point number four of why budgeting is important. And your fourth point, Trevor, is budgets drive behavior change. This one feels important. If you are overspending on clothes or dining out or say your your truck payment is is a huge percentage of your your budget, if you're not if you don't have a, a mechanism to review your spending and look at where your money's going, 
you're never gonna you're never gonna change. Nothing's gonna change. You're not gonna change your behavior. So the key though to to changing your behavior is have a system in place to review your budget, your spending on a regular interval. So my wife does the bookkeeping once a week. So she's inputting expenses into the smartphone app once a week. And then once a month, I I can go into this app and send a statement of our income and expenses through email to myself. And then I hand key this into a spreadsheet. So, and I compare that. We can also compare it in the smartphone app to how we're performing to budget, which my wife does. And then I again review that in the spreadsheet. And again, I'm using this tool for future projections. So we both we both have these regular intervals of looking at our spending and we have, I'll call it a budget meeting once a month. And it's just a, a conversation Quite often we'll do it not in our house, maybe in, in a coffee shop or something. Well, actually we don't do it in a coffee shop because you know, you're talking about personal numbers, but we, we'll do it somewhere outside of the house so we're not distracted. And we will talk about you know, our, our spending just high level. And then once a year, and it's right around tax time, we will strategize uh, what do we want to do with our money? You know, are we still on track? Are we still on plan? So having these regular intervals of reviewing your, your, where your money's going, what you're doing with your money is going to help change behavior. And, and if you don't, it, so having a budget and never looking at it is a waste of time. You, you'll never, if things are going wrong, you'll never know, right? So you need to have a mechanism to review your budget. But the reason you're doing it is to modify behavior issues. So a couple, a couple points from that point and everything that you just said. So my first is, but isn't looking through my transaction statements for my debit card and transaction statements for my credit card, isn't that enough? I mean, I, I look through them, I scroll through them, see what's happening. I mean, I, I know where I spent my money. I have all, I have all my receipts. I, I was there. Is, is that not enough? The, the, you know, the, the five bucks for the latte at Starbucks on your credit card statement that's not a to me a deterrent that that's not enough of a deterrent seeing that i spent 65 dollars this month on coffee at starbucks that is a deterrent so it's that kind of reflection on your spending it's it's the accumulation of all these little transactions or i spent this much on uber eats oh my <laughs> god <laughs> i could have bought you know six months worth of groceries so it is it, it's it's the reflection on the spending, but you have to look at it in the right view. Dollar by dollar, it, it's not as, it doesn't look as scary, right? It's the big numbers that really open your eyes. And, and it's the, and then, it, okay, I've given you the monthly amounts. Look at what you spent in a year. So here's one thing that drove me to replace my used car with a newer used car was the amount I was spending on car maintenance. So if not for my budget, I might have kept pumping money into this car because I'm I, I kind of take pride in driving an older car, but at some point it doesn't make financial sense anymore. I was spending more on repairs than I was on gas, so that that was sort of me saying, I think it's time to move on. So it it that changed a behavior. I, it actually changed my it made me spend money in the short term, and I, I think I might have ended up with a more reliable car, and maybe I'm saving money long term. So when we are looking at behavior change um, and, and, and kind of using our, our budget to, to aid in that, 
if, if we do want to cut, I mean, in coffee, the example of cutting down on coffee, if we spent $65, um, that, that one kind of makes more sense, but more kind of ones that will require that, that deep driven to what kind of unleash that, that, that the self restraint within us, the, the, the determination, the drive, um, for, for more kind of sensitive budget areas. I mean, whether it's groceries, whether it's, I mean, I, I don't know what, for instance, would, would resonate with, with maybe you or, or kind of our listeners if there's kind of an area where they really, they want to cut down on, they see their budget, but they, but they, they kind of struggle with making that, that change with, with sticking to it, trusting themselves that they can actualize um, their, their budgeted amount. Is their budget amount maybe too small and that's why they're overspending or, or is there, you just kind of have to pull up your socks and, and, and push yourself to to stay within that budgeted amount. So what often happens, and what you're describing is, just say you have a category called groceries, and you're spending way more than you think you should be. Or a, a good one, another good one is entertainment. Just say every month you look at your entertainment, and, and you've overspent your entertainment budget, and it's a bigger number than you're comfortable with. And you start looking at, in within your entertainment, you start going through credit card statements or looking at the transactions that are hitting that entertainment line item on your budget. And you, you start to see that in there is also dining out in there is uh, movies and you, you, so what you'll do is you'll take that category and you divide it, you'll subdivide it. You'll divide it into dining out entertainment and uh, I don't know, meeting with friends. Actually, that's a bad example, but you see you divide it into those two you separated dining out and entertainment. So anything that's not dining out goes into entertainment. So now you start to see, okay, the problem is dining out. It's not entertainment. The, the, the actual problem, the thing I'm uncomfortable with is dining out. So that's how you change your behavior. You you subdivide a category that you're not comfortable with, and then you start to see a different story play out, right? You're starting to see that it's actually food that's driving this. And then you can, like you said, make adjustments. Then you make the behavior change. Yeah, you then you make the behavior change. And you say, well, if I don't like that number, my choices are to dine out less or or just become okay with that and, and know how that's impacting my finances. So, But if, if you just, just say you thought it was going to the movies, that was the problem. So just say you stopped going to the movies and just say you're miserable because you're not going to the movies anymore. You just like to see the blockbuster every week. And it the... The, the entertainment budget, you know, barely changes, right? You're thinking, well, I guess I'll go even see even less movies, right? And you're even more miserable. And still, the, the entertainment budget, it, it fluctuates just a little bit. It's just a little bit less. And so you're, you're doing all these things. You're not getting any results, so you're getting discouraged. So you would subdivide that category in, in to get a better story of what's going on. So from this point, um, I, I one thing I really want to to bring up, and I I should have mentioned earlier as well, but um, we if anyone uh, listened to our last week's episode about wants versus needs uh, or needs versus wants, we received a, kind of a follow up uh, email from that listener that inspired that episode, and this there was this one really impactful line that we should probably dedicate a whole episode to. But um, the listener said, "You also made me realize that maybe I care too much." about what people think. Um, and in this line, it, it, it resonates so deeply and, and really relates to the content of this episode. And what you're saying earlier, Trevor, about how 
no one's budget is going to look the same. No one's, um, we talk about all the time, no one's scenario is the same. Every, we, we could, like you said, have identical lives or have identical jobs, but, but again, our goals are different. How we spend our money is different. And it kind of relates to this one in that if, if we're looking say at entertainment, I, it's just cause you use that example and entertainment maybe involves other people and, I think a really kind of sticky spot when it comes to creating budgets is just realizing, and I think it's easy to forget that our budget and the budget amounts for different categories, they're not at all going to resemble the, the, the friend that you're out for dinner with, the, the friend that, that wants constantly wants to, to do things that maybe don't align with your budget. And I think that's not to your friend's fault. I think it's just knowing that your lives and your budgets are not going to look the same. Well, I'll say one of the most expensive things you can have in your budget is a line for ego, right? That <laughs> That is the most expensive thing in a budget is ego. And, I, you know, quite often the hardest thing, just say you meet a new friend and you've been uh, enjoying social settings and stuff, and then you reach this point where they, your friend wants to go to a really expensive concert and you look at your budget and say, I don't see that money in my budget. The hardest threshold to cross with, with in a social circus is the words, I can't afford it. And, and it's the ego that's getting in the way of you uttering those words to somebody. It, 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 you almost feel ashamed that you can't afford it. But you, you should wear that as a badge of honor. I can't afford it. I, I have other financial responsibilities or other financial priorities that go beyond this $300 concert ticket. Because that demonstrates, it demonstrates to, and, and whether you, again, you don't, it doesn't need to be demonstrated at the front, but maybe it demonstrates to yourself that, you know what? No, I have my, I have my finances so under control, so dialed in that I know that just by quickly looking at my phone or taking a peek at my spreadsheet that, that, that I know it won't fit into my budget anywhere. I think that's powerful. And not that people are trying to impress me, but you want to impress me in in society or in, in social circles, utter the words I can't afford it, and I am your <laughs> I'm your friend for life, because <laughs> I, I am I am just honored that you you care that about that much about your personal finances that you know it, you, you and you have the discipline to say I can't afford it. You know what? That's going to make me reflect and say, well, maybe I shouldn't be buying these concert tickets either. You know that because this person's you know just killing it in personal finance, they're, they're just, they look like they got it together and they can't afford this concert. What makes me think I can? So quite often saying I can't afford it is going to put you on a pedestal more than you think. And, and maybe, and maybe when you, this, this, if, if you currently don't budget or your budgeting is maybe not the forefront of, of what drives your personal finance decisions, maybe, maybe that's your new line. Maybe, oh, it's, it's not in my budget this month. That was not my budget. Maybe that is the new line that, that kind of resonates more with you than, oh, I can't afford it. There's, because there is stigmas, stigma attached to those, this phrases and words and, and I mean, it, it, it makes it more kind of less loosey goosey. No, no, the facts and numbers, they don't lie. It's not in my budget as opposed to, oh, I just, just looking at my bank account, I can't afford it. They're, they're, I, I feel like they, they feel different. You know, the, the, when I, one of the places I used to work, the, the guy, the, the, he was the general manager of the operation. And this is going back like 30 years ago. He drove the oldest car in the parking lot, runaway oldest car. I mean, it was there wasn't anybody even close 
to a car as old as he, he his car was 20 years old and it was not a classic by any stretch <laughs> this thing was 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 junk and he drove and that was his only car and he was the clearly the highest paid person in that building and he drove the oldest car and i remember admiring him and i didn't even know why i just think that was so cool this guy drives this old car we you know we used to joke you know where's i won't mention his name but where is mr whoever and i go well there's a good chance he won't make it you know he could be stranded on the highway we would joke about it right but he he and looking back i i was envious of and of his position and he he actually retired quite young uh and i gotta think it was that mindset that did it wow that i love that um, let's jump on to your final point of, of why budgeting is important. And point number five is budgets are a tool for decision making. And this has to be the biggest why. So just say you, you're renting an apartment, you live in an apartment and, and just say you, you really want to be a homeowner. And I think it's overrated, but we'll just go with that story. Just say you want to be a homeowner and you just, you have you end up saving up enough money just by chance. Remember, you don't have a budget, right? You just want to be a homeowner. And just because you're this real conservative person, you save up enough money for a down payment. In no way does that mean you you can actually afford to own a house. You, you, you need, it just becomes a tool to, you, you can speculate. The theory with a down payment is if you have the discipline to save up a down payment, you probably have the discipline to figure out how to pay for a house, pay for a mortgage, pay for taxes. But it's almost like a badge of honor to buying a house. But with a documented budget, you can plug numbers in and say, you know, if I were to buy this $65,000 truck and, you know, absorb these $1,200 a month truck payments, what would it do to my budget? What adjustments would I have to make? What changes could I do so I could have this this great big gas guzzling truck in my driveway and and... You, what what things would I have to forego? Like it just becomes a decision making tool, and I just I love knowing that I could do this, but I, I choose not to. Rather than just say you don't have a budget, and you just assume you couldn't afford to. You might that feels different. You you don't have the truck either way, but you one you feel like you don't have the truck because you can't afford it, and the other one you don't have the truck because you chose not to. Those two things feel dramatically different, but having a budget and being able to be able to make those conscious decisions, I just think it, you just feel good about it. And you, and you probably live life with more purpose. You you every decision is is made with certainty because I think the uncertainty versus certainty is something that really plagues us in the personal finance realm. And that we make a decision, but if if we don't have that budget, if we're not really sure or confident in it it leads to this 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 kind of second guessing ourselves this uncertainty but but budgets totally take away that that level of of, of unconfidence in, in our decisions you know i talk to people about retirement a lot and you know people don't really are, are uncertain whether they can afford to retire and i kind of i often walk people through my philosophy you know i i, I look at what are my survival expenses and how much would they cost me a year? And then I look at what are my comforts of life expenses and how much do they cost me a year? So now I have two, I have two numbers. I have 
I, my survival expenses, I, I obviously need those, and that's that's a smaller number. And then I've got this other bucket of, of comfort of life expenses. And this is how comfortable do I want to be? So when I retire, I, I, I know a minimum amount of money I need, and I kind of know I'm pretty comfortable right now, so this is the maximum amount of money I would need to live off of. So I have this range. And so when I'm when I'm contemplating retirement, I never want to fall below my survival expenses. You know, who knows what the future holds, right? So you kind of, you want to build some some padding into your retirement, funding your retirement life. And, you know, my life is really comfortable, so I, I don't need to be this comfortable all the time. So I have this range. And when I when I talk to people about retirement and I talk about this range of expenses, I, I look in their eyes and, and I can tell they are, you know, the they're confused because they don't know how to get to those numbers, right? They, they don't know those, those numbers themselves. And just knowing allows me to make a decision rather than guessing. But, but I, I have these, this historical data that I can pull on to say, you know, if things go really bad, at least I have my survival expenses covered. And if things go really good, well, I, I could live pretty posh. So those are your five whys of budgeting, um, and 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 a really kind of five whys that can resonate with with everyone listening, hopefully. But are is there more kind of specific whys or or ideas around for budgeting? If depending on your age or where you are in life, if you're in your twenties, if you're twenty something. Are you going to have as much maybe conviction for to create a budget or to to find out these whys than if maybe you're 30, 40, 50 and, and still kind of haven't grasped onto to making a budget work for you? Well, I would think the, the longer you go through life without getting any financial traction and, and making any financial progress, I would think these whys would resonate more with, with somebody who, who has not sort of reached any financial plateaus or many financial plateaus they had hoped to, I think somebody younger, they're going to need more convincing that, that this is a good idea. The, I, I just, the sooner you get on this, the, the more impactful it will be, but it's never too late. So Trevor, you have, I'm a listener. You've, you've hundred percent sold me on the whys after I finished listening to this episode. I'm kind of going to sit down and, and think about the why's uh, why I need a budget, why budgeting is perfect. It kind of just really boil that down. So I'm ready for next week episode on on how. But also at the same time, as a listener, I I'm kind of I'm kind of concerned. So this this budgeting thing that you do in in your household, it's a two person operation. You and your wife both have your hands um on this on this budgeting process that you guys do. You you kind of mentioned plugging numbers in and and you brought you you said spreadsheet and I I the word spreadsheet terrifies me. You said spreadsheet you talked about an app you talked about a joint app and you, you talked about a lot of kind of intimidating and you used the word forecasting I mean Trevor I've never I've never even embarked on a budget I, I don't even know where to start and you mentioned categories I mean how is next week episode going to kick, well well will will resonate me well can I follow along are you going to start from the basics I mean what can I expect from next week's episode well unfortunately how to budget is it doesn't make for great audio in that, you know, if you had a, a, a visualization of, of the things I could show you, say, on a PowerPoint presentation, it might mean more. But it, it's the how to budget is more of a how-to philosophy. You know, the, these are the, it's pretty detailed, the, the outline I've put together on, on how to budget, but it's really 
it's it's how to philosophically the actual tools you use they're going to be unique to you but i'm going to give you the the thought process of how i come to choosing the tools that i use so will we will we kind of get maybe a breakdown of some categories we can use kind of some tangible things that we can take away and apply to our own life so i'm going to give you you know four categories every budget should have and then I'm going to give you a philosophy on how to subdivide those categories going forward. And, and I think that's even more important than the categories in themselves. No, and I, that, that definitely sounds manageable. And, and I'm really looking forward to recording next week's episode. Um, because again, it, with, it's, it's great to talk about the whys, but, but I think the, the fear and the kind of the maybe more resistance to embracing budgets and, and engaging with them. If you, even if you are sold, if you know there are good ideas, how to how to go about um, doing that? Because unfortunately, it's not taught something that is taught in our our schooling system. It's not something that is ever kind of no one ever holds our hand and and walks us through that unless we're fortunate to have um, uh, role models or or um, someone else that can kind of that does that for us. But there's no actual formal education on this. So I mean. I definitely hope next week's episode does shine light on on how to go about doing that. So, Trevor, on that note, that brings us to the end of today's episode on why to have a budget, why budgeting is important, and also bursting all the budgeting myths that um, exist. Do you have any final thoughts or takeaways as we end the show today? Yeah, I've kind of said this before, but in life in general, but also in budgeting, if you have a big enough why you're doing something the how becomes really easy and on that note that brings us to the end of today's show on budgeting if there are any if there's anything that kind of resonates with you on on why what makes budgeting work for you why, why you pursue budgeting and, and any budgeting myths that you have come across yourself that you've popped yourself let us know you know send us an email to live life simple 365 at gmail.com or hit up our contact submission form at livelifesimple.ca. The links to those will be in our show notes. Um, We can't wait to have you back with us next week for our part two of our annual budgeting series on how to actually create that budget and how to make that budget work for you. We will see you right back here next week with a new show. But until then, keep it simple.